0: Welcome back to the Coffee and Foils podcast. I'm your host, Simone, bringing you the client's perspective from the other side of the chair. Do you ever wonder what goes through your client's head as they reach for the box dye and mess up all your hard work? Do you wish you could get inside their head to make them change their minds? On today's episode, I talk with Kyle, a client who has a fantastic relationship with her stylist, but still found herself wandering down the color aisle at Target. Stay tuned to hear her reasoning behind it and her journey to get her color back to normal. Hey, Kyle, thank you so much for joining the Coffee and Foils podcast. Thanks for having me. I am so super excited, which I always say, but everything (laughs) is really exciting to me. So, uh, before we begin, I am going to have you tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, but we're definitely going to touch on. Your hair history. And you and I were just talking about do it yourself hair color and all the many ways that you have tried it. Mm -hmm. And what inspired this particular episode was you had a recent run in with overtone and then you went to your stylist to have it fixed, right? Yes. Yes. So if you can um, tell us a little bit about yourself, tell us a little bit about your hair history leading up to that moment, and then we'll regroup.
1: And talk okay. about where you are now. Okay, great. Uh, my name is Kyle. I am from Long Island. Um, I'm 28 years old. I work in film production. Um, when it comes to my hair, I was I was the kid that was born blonde, and then by the time I was 14, it was a mousy brown that I just did not appreciate. And when you're that young, you think you have no options. You know, you don't. You would never. Ask your mom to take you to the salon. I mean, maybe some parents would some kids would, but I wouldn't. And it just felt like I was stuck. And my only option was to figure out how to do something at home. And I remember the very first thing I ever did was sun in. Remember that? Yes. They still make that product and yes. they should not.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, you can see um, my my dark brunette hair and you can imagine what color it turned my hair.
1: Oh my gosh. Peanut yeah. Butter. Right. Yes, exactly. Yes. It's so gross. It doesn't look good on anybody. But um yeah, I think that experience, I just kind of sucked it up and said, yeah, this is my new beautiful orange hair color. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, you get older and you take responsibility of the way you look and maybe you have some more resources and you get, you get your own credit card and you just figure out what works best for you. And I started seeing a professional when I was in college uh, for my hair color. I went to college down in Nashville and had great experiences with her and graduated, came back up to New York, and started seeing my current stylist, and she has been wonderful, and like so, such a healing person when it comes to just me and my hair, and she knows exactly what I need, and when I need it, but I think we all still go through phases of, of wanting something different, and wanting it in that moment, and I think those very brash decisions, that's when you that's when you make your worst mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I, uh, yeah, this pandemic, I had an interesting experience with Overtone uh, and it didn't feel great. I had to go back to my stylist and she, you know, did her magic and got us to a better place. And I'm definitely in a much better place now than I was six months ago, but definitely an, an experience I regret.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, you just told your history beautifully. That was like very, thank you. you know, I don't I feel like you didn't miss a detail. <laughs> I feel like I know where you've been. So okay, thank you good. for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, we all Sun in I feel like it's a rite of passage a little Absolutely. bit. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, my personal story is that my whole family is very dark brunette and my mom was always coloring her hair blonde as well as my sister. So she wanted me to be blonde also. Mm-hmm. So naturally in fifth grade, she got all the sun in products and made me sit outside. Like I had
1: no choice, sit under the sun. That amazes me that your mom would support yes. that because my, same <laughs> thing, my mom is blonde, my older sister is blonde and I felt left out. And I remember doing it and being told by them that just this one summer going into sophomore year of high school, parting my hair down the side in my natural part, <laughs> and spraying it just on the roots, which like is <laughs> disgusting. And obviously now I know so much more about how that works. And like, that is the worst thing you could possibly do. Oh my God. And, um, and them telling me how horrible it looked, but not telling me that I could go get it fixed or anything. But um, yeah, it's absolutely a rite of passage. Every single friend with every layer of blonde to brown. Yes. To read everyone. We all had to try it at some point. Yes. And we all hated it. We all thought it was horrible. so and I would like you to
0: know that I'm still fixing oh, good. people who are currently doing Sun In. So
1: well, you can I, here. when I walk when I walk by it at C yes, I'm like, this it shocks me that this is still being sold. Yeah. But when it's like five ninety nine and it's on this <laughs> it's on the shelf and you're like, yeah, sure, why not try it? Pretty incredible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um okay,
0: so between Sun In and mm-hmm professional in college. Mm -hmm. Was there any point in there that you did your own hair again?
1: I think I've definitely bought boxed bleach before and tried to give myself like a money piece. And I don't remember (laughs) that going horribly, but just, it's so hard. It requires so much skill to be good at that. And it's something that just watching a YouTube video does not teach you. Correct. And I think that that is like the biggest misconception to this day is like you watch a minute long TikTok and you think that you're capable of doing your own balayage. It's shocking. Um, And those videos get so many views that you have to believe that it's possible for you. And even, yeah. And even someone who like, thinks that you have an understanding, like don't put it on your root and, you know, make sure you do a test strip. Like anyone that's, even if you have the greatest understanding, doing your own hair is so hard.
0: Yeah. I mean, I know a lot of hairdressers do their own hair, but like mm-hmm. just for whoever's listening, I do not do my own hair mm-hmm. and I'm a professional. So like, yeah. if you have professionals out there who are not doing their own hair, like maybe you shouldn't do it either.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think props to you if you can do it and you love it, but definitely if you're just a typical client and you're used to going to your own, like your own professional and you think, oh, you know what? I don't need to go back for that touch up because I can do it on my own. The odds are you can't. Yeah.
0: So at any point, we're talking pre-overtone experience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Did you ever do your own hair? And even if it was not so bad or terrible or, or at any point, did you go in and see your stylist and they were like, um, what did you do?
1: Yes. Every time (laughs) (laughs) it is, it is impossible to do it on your own and to get away with it. I think at least that's been my experience. Like it's always going to be slightly noticeable. There's going to be questions, you know, it's kind of like you do your own nails, just certain things are just not as are just obvious especially when you're going to see a professional they're gonna know yeah you can't hide it from them um i've never had to do any sort of color correction like i had to do with overtone um because the story will end, Well, when the story continues, you'll find out that I dyed it gin- ginger. I used the ginger color. I didn't just, I've been a varying shade of like brunette to blonde my whole life. And then I decided to use the ginger color, which is <laughs> the cr- craziest decision I've ever made. Um, but yeah. I've never, I've never gone that far. So I've never had to do a color correction. I just kind of sucked it up and said, I'll let it grow out and we'll see okay. where that takes us. Okay. Yeah. And then
0: you were kind of like given a little bit of a hard time, by your stylist at the time being like, Hey, we know what you did. And like me, yeah. You do that.
1: Yes. I've never had a stylist be mean to me about it. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's kind of what I was like,
1: you know, getting at yes. like, oh. Yeah. Yeah, I've also never done the thing where like I've bleached my whole head and like seen serious chemical damage or anything like that. Um, okay. So I've been lucky in that regard because I think that I could imagine, or I mean, if I were to ever do that, I would hope I'd be scolded. Like I think I would, I would <laughs> deserve that. <laughs>
0: You would be like, please punish me. Please Please punish me. I deserve
1: this because I need need to know that next time that this will be the repercussion (laughs) to deter me. Um, Yeah, I've never had anything so horrible. So that's good.
0: Well, at least you're playing fair here. Yeah. Okay, so let's lead up to your current stylist, not necessarily the overtone yet, but let's see a little bit of like the relationship that you're in. So how long have you been seeing her what kind of journey has she taken you on up until the moment? Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yes, so I've been seeing my current stylist since I guess 2015, and have been doing a kind of twice a year balayage, varying between a partial to a full. Um, sometimes I like to go in and just do a few face framing pieces, and then you know in the summer I like to go lighter and. Yeah, so it's always I always love to be able to grow my roots out. Okay. Um, I'm very very low maintenance when it comes to my color, just because I really don't get my hair cut that often, and I don't have the time or energy to want to go in every eight weeks. And I find that just given my my natural base color, it works that way. And in okay. terms of like the trends of like what you expect to see of just like a normal girl on the street, nothing ever uh, nothing's ever too shocking if I let it grow out too long. So, um, yeah, but definitely we've, we've done everything from just being, well, in terms of on the scale of blonde, um, (laughs) (laughs) but just in terms of going really light to, to just keeping it as, as natural as possible and letting it grow out. Yeah. So that's where, that's where we're at. Mm Um, okay.
0: So we're talking at this point. The overtone situation was about six months ago, right? You kind of dropped that before, so I'm I'm going with it. Yes,
1: yeah, November. Mm-hmm.
0: And you did the ginger color, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so we're gonna do like a little bit of an exercise, and we're gonna like close our eyes. You know, figuratively. Okay. With our, oh, yeah, you can. Oh, okay. Okay. oh I'm ready. <laughs> and like, let's take us back to the night that you bought it. What were you thinking? Like, not in the mean way. <laughs> just like, what were you thinking? Like, where was your head? Were you like? Oh my god! I would look great in that. Or that looks so easy, and it washes out. Like, what? What was the thought process there?
1: Yeah, I think I was. I usually like to go a little darker in the fall. Um, I get very. I can get very tan, but I get very, very fair um, in the winter. And so my thought process was: I definitely don't want to go back in for another balayage. I'm happy with my hair being a little darker, but maybe a little different kind of darker. And in my mind at the time, this was November. I don't think I'd seen my stylist for maybe 12 weeks. And so I'd, I had some grow out, but even when I had gotten it colored, it wasn't super, super blonde. So I didn't feel like I had a lot of blonde in my hair for the ginger to even hold on to. And so it was just going to be like a really nice rinse. And that even what it would do to my natural base color, that it would just kind of copper it up. That's where I was. And it was, and it felt so easy to do. Anything that I'd seen on Instagram or on TikTok of people using it, it felt, and even how they advertise it is I think their byline on on. Instagram is like it's a conditioner and hair color, and I was like, "Oh, this sounds like something you could do literally in five minutes, and then you're done. You wash it out, and maybe your hair is actually in better shape than it was before." So it just seemed like a no brainer, and I remember thinking, "If I hate it, it'll just wash right out." So (laughs) it it just seemed it seems like there were zero uh, consequences, zero negative consequences. Right. Um,
0: So at the time, you were you said it was grown out a little bit, but you were blonde right? Like it was your natural base fading into a blonde color? Yeah, I definitely, I definitely
1: was at least slightly blonde. Um, I feel like now I have to find a photo of me just to, just to jog my memory, but definitely at least some sort of dirty blonde balayage kind of blonde. Yeah.
0: Okay. Um, so you got the overtone and the ginger color, you put mm-hmm. it on your hair, you followed the instructions, whatever it was right away. Was it great or right
1: away? Was it not great? Right away, it was shocking to me. I remember doing it and then blow drying my hair because obviously you immediately want to see what it looks of like course, when your hair yeah. is dry and just being like, you're going to love this. You are go- you have to love this because <laughs> there's no going back. <laughs> and then, and I remember seeing it and like, you know, kind of doing my blowout with my curtain bangs and seeing it, how it looked with my skin color, which is like kind of has pinky undertones. I was like, this isn't exactly right, but I think I can make it work. And I feel like I see so many people who do their hair and they don't totally love it and they just kind of rock it. And I was like, I'm going to be that person. <laughs> and it took, a, it took a couple of days, especially because so often when I'm working, you know, I don't, I'm so rarely on Zoom or anything like that. So I just always have my hair back in a claw clip. And just some of the, the way that it latched on to some of my blonder, pieces were so fiery red that seeing it in a bunch, like in a high bun or in a claw clip, I was like, this is not a normal color that anyone has ever had, which is not the look I was going for. I wasn't, you know, it's like I bought that color not because I didn't want to go hot pink, because I didn't want to go bright purple. Like I was going for one of their, how they advertise it as like one of their normal range of colors. Right. And so it, it shocked me that it wasn't that at all. Right. And that's when I knew I made my mistake.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So before I, like, because I definitely have, you know, a slew of questions after that. You were saying something to Mm -hmm. me before we started about kind of how, like, the marketing of it is or, or the marketing of it on social media. So maybe it's not even um, the company because I have, obviously there's no problems with the company itself, but the way that uh, you kind of touched on it, the way that people make it seem so easy and, and like cute and you know, all those things. So how do you think that affected your decision to go with overtone and to buy it and to do it?
1: Yeah, I think that, I think that any company that is advertising advertising at home quick hair changes especially hair color there's always going to be a part of the advertising part of the marketing that surrounds it that is this is easy you won't regret it it's fun and anyone can do it and you should do it and it's inexpensive too and there are other companies like there was I got advertised like another like a sun in but felt very much more like millennial gen z kind of advertising and i think if you are like tapped into like the beauty world and if you follow any any gurus on youtube or on instagram and you just it just kind of the algorithm will feed it back to you of these people that are making these drastic changes and how easy it is and even when you see their regret they're still able to make it work so given that like small margin of, I kind of don't like it, but I'm going to make it work. It seems like it could be for anybody, which I find so interesting because everyone's hair is so different and we've all been on such a different journey. So there is no one size fits all. And that's why it's so important to work with a stylist. But the way that these products are like, they're for everybody and everybody should try it. It's just, it's a little misleading.
0: Yeah. So it's almost like it's, you know, it's never, it's never the product's fault, but Mm -hmm. it's maybe the way that it's being... Positioned. It's like mm-hmm. no matter who you are, no matter what hair texture you have, no matter what journey you've been on, you could do this. It's non committal, it's non expensive. You could do it yourself. Like in the middle of the night, if you wake up and you can't sleep, change your hair color. <laughs>
1: Yeah, right? I feel like there's so there's so there's so much content like that of like a girl in her bathroom and she's like, oh my god, it's one a.m. and I just started this. What am I doing? Like, she's like, all right, it's it's four forty five a.m. and I haven't finished yet. I need to do another tone. And you're like, oh my god, <laughs> girl, go
0: to bed. This um, is like an entire TikTok rolling out yes, in front of us,
1: exactly. And I also think that there's there's kind of a community to it. Like, you know, it seems like it would be fun to try it, even though, you know, it's such an activity that most people end up doing on their own. It's kind of a fun shared experience when you get to do it and you see other people do it. And and sure, it can be fun. But when you have to go to work the next day and your hair looks like garbage, yeah. you know, you have to be, it's like, I think it's important to take into consideration that these changes, while they might be fun and like, yeah, they'll, they'll wash out. They could have very real consequences, um, to like your hair's longevity and and just like your current hair status, like you'll never get, it won't take you days to get back to exactly where you were before. Right, um, right.
0: Which is so. definitely part of the promise, right? It's mm-hmm. like, oh, it's going to wash out, like mm-hmm. no big deal. But so much of that does have to do with where you're starting. Like you said, you have those blonder pieces that kind of grabs more fire engine Those mm-hmm. are pieces that were probably the lightest on your head, a little more mm-hmm. porous. Mm -hmm. not willing to give it up as quickly as the other hairs on your head. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, And like even at the salon where I work, we for a little bit of time had uh, color depositing shampoos and conditioners that we would retail, like that we we could sell, but we didn't keep it on the shelves. It was something that like... Mm -hmm. If we had a client that needed that thing, we would offer it to them. But the mm-hmm. reason why we didn't have it out was because we were like, Can you imagine if someone who's like super blonde walks in and grabs the red one? Mm-hmm. And like, <laughs> whose fault is that? Right? Yeah. Because it would probably yeah. be ours for like letting them walk out with it, which like who knows? It could have been someone at the desk who doesn't do hair who who didn't know who was like, sure, let me bring you up. Like you just didn't want to see that end badly. Yeah. Um, because there's so much good in things like that, but when it falls into the wrong hands hence you, because
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it might not always
0: end nicely.
1: Yeah. Because speaking of, yeah, I used a color depositing conditioner or shampoo, whatever it was. Kristen S made one that was um, yes. like rose gold. Yes. Everybody buys and, that one. Yes. And I remember using it and I absolutely loved it. And also I wash my hair every day. So it was out within days. Uh, it looked fantastic. I absolutely loved it. Uh, it turned my entire tub bright pink. That was like the worst part of it. But that was that was probably my most positive experience in terms of like doing something at home on my own. But the reason why it was so positive is because A, it looked great immediately. So I had no immediate regrets. And, um, and it was gone in three days. So I didn't even have to like remember that I did it. You know, it's not this constant reminder. You look in the mirror and you're like, oh God, I've I've made another mistake. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's pretty. It's cute. And then it's gone. Mm -hmm. And you're like, okay, Mm -hmm. cool. That was Mm fun. Yeah. Because I think those kinds of products can be fun, but I think that there are this like semi-permanent labeling can be misleading for some people because it totally depends on your type of hair, how often you wash it. There's so many variables there. Yes. Um, so for someone like me who thought that it would be gone in maybe even two weeks because I lose color so quickly. I was in the salon two weeks ago, and my I left, my hair was red, and then I went on vacation this past week, and now I'm back to blonde. <laughs> um, I guess I guess the overtone did kind of steer me into like, maybe I like being a little ginger, but uh, not that ginger. But on but purpose. On, yeah. But on purpose and professionally done. Yeah, it was just the semi-permanent thing, I think, is can be a little a little dangerous. Yeah, I, I
0: agree because it's truly, it's kind of like a term that we as professionals, we do use, mm-hmm. but I always recommend to other stylists to not throw that term out to clients because they're like, aha, uh-huh, they just nod their heads like, oh yes, mm-hmm. okay, cool. Like, sounds great, but they don't know what it is. So then what ends up happening is products like that, they'll say that they're semi permanent and then clients are like, oh, I've heard that. I think it means this, but like no one really knows what it means. And
1: it can mean something different from person to person. Exactly. Um,
0: yeah. So- and I get
1: and I get that like a term is necessary to be to like classify what right. that product is. But um yeah, I think everyone should consider if they're if they're gonna attempt doing something at home or even if they're asking their stylist about semi permanent permanent colors. Um just to recognize that like it will be different from person to person. So yeah.
0: I definitely want to get into how you ended up kind of going through a color correction after, Mm -hmm. after that. Um, But before we continue, I want to touch on or reiterate or whatever it is, the reason why clients will like do their own hair or, Mm -hmm. you know, like, I know we've been talking about it. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like, I feel like it it has already been answered, but Mm -hmm. the whole kind of point of this whole Passion project of mine with this podcast is mm-hmm. to help other stylists get inside the minds of clients because we don't always get to have these conversations behind the chair. You know, um, sure. fun and it's professional, and we're not going to like sit down and stare at our clients in the eyes and be like, So tell me why you did that. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's not exactly the vibes that we want to give off when we're, you know, yeah. um, trying to have a good time. So, yes. I mean, I've been there, like I've been there where it's like, I just wake up on a Sunday and I'm like, I, I am hideous and I need to do something. And like, so like, I know that urge and I also know the urge of eight o'clock on a Friday night. And like, I really want ice cream and I have to have it now. So like, I get it. Mm -hmm. I get that there are urges and things like that sometimes, but like for you, what is the difference between, I feel like I need a little something. Let me call my stylist and get a glaze or, and get something versus I need it right now, and I'm going to do it myself.
1: Yeah, I think I'll only speak for myself, obviously. But I think that the accessibility of being able to overtone sells on Amazon first off, and uh, and at Target, and those are like the two things. It's like either I'm going to browse on Amazon or I'm going to take a drive over to Target and have yeah. a day. But I think it's it's so accessible; it'll be at your door. You don't need to leave your house, and you don't need to go as much as I love coming into the salon and I love my stylist. It just is a bigger event. It's, you know, it's carving out time in in your schedule. It's figuring out a schedule with your stylist. Um, You know, sometimes you just want that change immediately. And I think that that is a part of the problem because I think so many people that make real people that cut their own hair at home or, like the joke that during the pandemic, everyone was cutting their own bangs, or that you cut your bangs and you color your hair when you go through a breakup, that whole yes. thing. Um, it's a joke, but it's a joke because it's true. A lot of people do it. Um, is, you know, everyone, sh- you should take time to process. And, but sometimes your brain is just telling you, let's make a change right now. Yeah. And everyone has an impulse every now and then. And when it comes to, like, the accessibility of these products and how they're in your face and how convenient it is, uh, it seems like such an easy option that you, in the moment, you won't regret. Yeah,
0: so, 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 like, for you, it was kind of hitting on the two point like, satisfying two areas, which was, like, spontaneity and mm-hmm.
1: convenience. Mm-hmm. Right? And I think I also had a, like, a false faith in myself that it was going to be great. So if I, if I really thought that I, cause I had never done, I had never gone ginger before in any capacity. If I really thought I couldn't do it a, alone, then I would have called up my stylist, but I really had confidence that I was going to be fine. Right. right. <laughs> and so it's like this three pronged attack that like, it's accessible. I want to do something different and I, I'm going to be great at it.
0: Right. And
1: like, there, nothing's going to go wrong. And I think when it comes to my hair, that happens to me very, very rarely. But I think sometimes changing of the seasons, it was November. Nothing really was going on. Like work was a little boring. I think it was like right before Thanksgiving. And, you know, you just kind of have to like, like, you feel like there's nothing, nothing happening. So why not make a big change?
0: Yeah. You were bored.
1: Yeah, was candy definitely candy.
0: bored. hmm Yeah. All right, yeah, and yep. and when you said like Amazon and Target, yeah, mm-hmm. those are like a girl's best friend, right? Exactly, Amazon, yeah. Like, really, you could have it literally the next day, and when it takes two days, like, aren't we all really angry about that? Yes, you yeah. Know? Um, I know Target, we've been totally brainwashed you by. <laughs> you could order it online and drive by, and they like practically throw it in your open window when you drive away. Like they literally could it's not.
1: It's amazing. It <laughs> I yeah. know. I know. And it's not to say that, like, you shouldn't, like, those are the places where you should be able to buy these kinds of products. I think it's great that they're so accessible. For sure. Um, Because I also recognize my privilege that I have, like, such a great stylist, and she's so accessible to me, but just not as accessible as being able to click, like, (laughs) come to me now on Amazon. (laughs) Right. All right. Thank you. Because
0: obviously, like, we're all human, and we all have the same emotions and things like that. But that's why I really wanted to dive deep and be like, why do people do that? You mm-hmm. know, like...
1: Yeah, I think it's also, I'm trying to remember like the actual chain of events because I remember kind of feeding it to some of my friends. Very few of my closest friends color their hair at all. And one of my best friends has like the most beautiful red hair naturally. And I remember kind of talking to her about it and they were all inc- like all of my friends were so encouraging about the idea of me dyeing my hair red. And none of, they're not, I'm the weird experimental one. I'm like just much more in touch with it. It's way more fun and interesting to me than it is to any of them. And it just, yeah, I just got no negative feedback from just the idea. So I think my advice to anybody who's thinking about doing something to their hair at home is just, just consult a friend. And I'm lucky. I have a stylist that I'm very close with. I now know that if I'm ever thinking about it, maybe I'll just check in with her and she'll say, no, 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 your your sponsor. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God. Yes. I'm having a dark night. (laughs) Um, But I think, yeah, I think like phone a friend and just make sure you're not doing anything too crazy because you know, it just, it's always good to have a second opinion. Yeah, for sure.
0: Now I want to get into when you realized that you needed to get it fixed. So Mm -hmm. like you've kind of already said, it didn't fade out in three washes. What did it turn into? How long was it? And how did, how did it go like reaching out to your stylist and being like, I did this thing?
1: Yeah. Well, there's a second layer to me thinking I can fix it on my own. (laughs) So (laughs) I then proceeded to, once I realized I hated it, um, which only took about two days when I saw zero change. Because obviously the first time you wash it out, you see so much color come out and you're actually almost disappointed. You're like, it's all leaving. This is so sad. And then you blow dry it, you see it, it's horrible. And it took a couple of days and I said, I can fix this. There are definitely products that'll strip the color and right. we'll just see where that gets me. So I went back onto trusty Amazon and I bought two boxes of Color Oops, which was a product I'd never heard of before. And I used it two days in a row. Maybe it worked, It's it, the difference was so subtle. Like I think I saw some come out in the wash, but like some color come out in the wash, but barely any. And the chemicals of it made me so sick, I was nauseous. It was just clearly I was poisoning myself and I said, Kyle, you cannot continue this. (laughs) But, you know, over the next couple of days and also with the holidays, I was like, now's not really the time. And I see family, but otherwise it's like really not a super social time for me, especially in the pandemic. It's not like I had a ton of office parties or anything like that to go to. So I was kind of okay with just letting it rage (laughs) 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 and just kind of seeing where that was going to take me but come January you know this was now six weeks after I had done it and I feel like semi-permanent color I mean I don't know what most people expect but that's when I expected it to be totally gone and I really saw that my hair was nowhere near I didn't expect it to go totally back to the way it was before but it really was still not happy with me. So I reached out to my colorist and I just told her the truth. And she was like, we got you, but you need to come, come back in. <laughs> and I was due for a haircut anyway. So it was perfect timing. And yeah, I mean, she was wonderful. She was non judgmental at all. And uh, we did like some sort of rinse and did as best as we could during that one session, you know, but it it just doesn't. You do something so crazy like that to your hair, you're just never going to get it back to normal right away. You need to yeah. be patient. Um, and she definitely let me know that it was not going to be perfect the first time around. She wasn't going to completely fix it. And I was okay with that. I was understanding. And, and in the same way that she was understanding of me making a brash decision. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then the le- next time I got it colored was was almost three months later. And... Now I feel like I'm in such a a much better place. And I think I saw friends the next day and they were all like, your hair looks the best it's ever looked. And I'm like, that's because it looked like absolute garbage last six months. But thank you so much.
0: Like in comparison, yeah, in comparison, I'm
1: like, well, usually I would think that I'd normally look like this. I mean, I do know I just got it done, but at the same time, like, yeah, the compare contrast situation is <laughs> definitely helping me here. <laughs> um, so in between,
0: you said how many weeks was it before you finally reached out? Six, I think. Okay, I was like, did yeah. she really say six? Because that's like a long time <laughs> I
1: was to like, be dealing with trying it. Trying to
0: do it in my head. I'm like, if she washes her hair every day, I don't know math very well, but that, that yeah. seems like a lot
1: it ended up fading into like just this very very yellow color like just super super brassy almost to the point of being a little green um it was bizarre like certainly my hair has never been that color before but it was it was just that time of year when you just decide you don't really care you know when you feel like your social calendar isn't super booked you're not taking a ton of photos of yourself so you just don't really see it and so i was able to deal. But I definitely think that if this had happened to me two weeks ago and I knew that, you know, I'm a, I'm a summer baby, my birthday's coming up and like, there's so many, so much more stuff going on in the summer. I would definitely have have reached out to her sooner. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I get that.
0: Okay. So you went to the salon. She gave you realistic expectations about Mm -hmm. like, it'll be better, but it won't be a hundred percent. So mm-hmm. that day, what, what did your hair look like when you left? And how long were you there for? And was
1: it expensive? When I, okay, I'll answer question one by one. When I left, it was de- I definitely lost a lot of like that gross yellow color, that like really unnatural straw color. Um, and I was looking just to cool it down in any capacity because it was just really, really like just really orangey yellow. And that expectation was definitely met. Um, I think I was there really not very long. It was like a rinse treatment. And so maybe an hour and a half. And that included my my cut and blow dry. Although with that being said, my hair is relatively easy and I'm out in and out pretty quickly anyway. And I don't remember it being super expensive. Definitely always worth it. That's always the biggest thing that I think just maturity and time and experience makes you realize is that spending money on your hair, which is just such, you know, your hair can be the difference between a good day and a bad day. It is always worth it to to spend the money, the energy, the time, the effort uh, on making sure that your hair looks its best, because it really can make such a difference to just your daily happiness and it sounds so shallow but I don't think so like there's a billion dollar industry based around it like yeah it is so important so you saying that honestly like gives me the warm
0: fuzzies a little bit (laughs) you know because um not everybody is at a place where they've realized that it's important and all the times that they've been upset it's because they've tried to take the easy way out, the quick way out, the convenient way out, which is sort of what we're talking about, right? Mm-hmm. And you know it is worth it, and that's not to say that a thousand dollar haircut is gonna be better than a hundred dollar haircut that's yes, you know there's a ton of industries out there where more expensive doesn't always mean better, mm-hmm. but like you're saying, like having a trusted relationship with a stylist where you're honest with each other, where you know the work is going to be good, where you know the time and money is worth it to you, whatever that budget or time may look
1: like, mm-hmm. um, is very important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I think being realistic with yourself in terms of uh you know, what you want to spend and the time you time you're able to allocate, you know, that is important. And it's also good to be honest with your stylist in terms of, of where you're at with that. You know, stylists are people too. I don't need to tell you this, but they, you know, they also get their hair done and they also are like real life grown up people in the same way that you are. And they understand where you're coming from probably better than you do. And um, yeah, I think just just having like a human to human connection about where you want to be and how long you want it, how long you want to take to get yourself there and how much you're willing to spend um, then you just have a conversation about it and you're just open and honest. Yeah. But I think it can be, it can be so easy to kind of be shy about that. I don't know what it is. It's almost like some people, especially, and I think especially when you're, when you first start going to a stylist, if you feel like you don't know them very well. And I think that's why it's so important to develop a relationship with your stylist and I get it and it will take time to warm up, but especially when you do things like make mistakes. And I remember like going into college and, and seeing my first stylist and feeling like I really had no idea what I'd been doing with my hair for the past couple of years and not even understanding what to tell her. Um, but eventually you just develop that relationship and with time and and patience and honesty, you end up in a much better place. Yeah. I love that. That's
0: like <laughs> that's so beautiful. Um, and do you know what it reminds me of? Like I'm, I'm kind of like laughing to myself as you're talking because you know like when people are going to have someone come clean their house but they clean before the person comes,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? So like you don't have to make yourself impressive and pretend like you've been taking care of your hair or pretend like you know you're not a mess before you go mm-hmm. see your stylist because mm-hmm. like the bigger the mess, the more accomplished we feel like mm-hmm. when you look better. Yeah. You look beautiful yeah. when you leave and it gives us an opportunity to to really make you feel different and, and really kind of like turn it around. So I understand like the not feeling comfortable or not wanting to feel judged and not really knowing your stylist, not feeling comfortable. So not being mm-hmm. honest, I get mm-hmm. all of that because I've been there, but it doesn't pay to not be honest with your stylist because the more honest you are, the more realistic expectations you're going to get, the better... Um, decisions they can make mm-hmm. on what to do with your hair because they know what they're really dealing with. Mm-hmm. And like there's no point in, in not being honest because first off, half the time we can tell mm-hmm. um, because like we're, we're up in there. Mm-hmm. So there's no reason to like do the cleaning before the cleaning, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. come to us with your dirty, messy hair and like tell us you've been using like dish soap. Mm-hmm. It's like do all the things. We'll hook
1: you up yeah i think it's yeah i mean also there's so many ways Stylists, in some ways are scientists to me i guess like when it comes to color it's such a science yeah. and um when you're mixing what you've been doing already with something brand new like you ha- they need to know all the facts you're yeah. truly only hurting yourself if you're not going to be honest and yeah i mean you just see like i love I love, but I hate and I feel sorry for when I like see a stylist talking about like this. I had a new client come in. They said that they had only done this and la <laughs> and then they walk away and then I start, I do a test strip and like, it is, this is clearly not virgin hair and, you know, just, and, and they'll know right away, obviously. So there's no point in lying. but it's also, yeah, I think it's, um, it's just, we all want the best outcome for everybody. So being honest is so important
0: yeah so you know I think we see so often people who don't want to be honest or don't know how to be honest, and things like that, but mm-hmm. interviewing people for me who are uncomfortable and not honest and all of that like that's not really gonna help anybody get into the head of of someone like that because they're just not even gonna you know they're not gonna open up right yeah but what I find um endearing about interviewing you is that like you've made mistakes and you've cultivated a relationship and you value the honesty and the skill and all of that stuff. So um, mm-hmm. I think that's really great. Thank you.
1: Well, um, I mean, there's nothing better than a good hair day. Seriously. And the only way you're going to achieve that is if you're honest with yourself and you're honest with your stylist. Like truly, it's just, it's a very simple equation. And yeah. it's just yeah. something that I hope other people can achieve
0: there's like legit studies out there saying that if you're having a good hair day you're more likely to ace the job interview get a higher for score sure. test mm-hmm. like really wild things but it makes sense right because mm-hmm. like our hair can really make or break how we're feeling about ourselves for the day
1: yeah that makes I mean that makes perfect sense
0: yeah so okay so you went she worked her magic whatever you did the thingy because we don't really know what you did. <laughs> um, you got like a, a haircut, whatever. Mm-hmm. left that day and it was better, right? Like mm-hmm. weird tones were out. You felt like it was more than livable and acceptable and you could like look mm-hmm. at yourself for a few more months and not mm-hmm. want to die. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so then you went back a, a few months later and that kind of brings us to the current, yes. right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you just got your hair done, you said a couple weeks ago and you
1: did a little mm-hmm. bit of a yeah. color change. Yes. Yeah, I went back. I guess two weeks ago today and you know, inspired by the ginger, you know, I think that my current stylist, like she, she knew that there was something brewing. And she said, let's go strawberry blonde. Like if you are actually serious about this, like if that, if that tickled any sort of like urge in you, then why don't we try something? And she and I had DM'd back and, back and forth. She had sent me some inspo pictures and I was nervous. That's for sure not even maybe probably influenced by the fact that I just like did not enjoy it the last time um (laughs) but I trusted her and her judgment and even the first glaze that we did I was it like we did like a just seeing what my curtain bangs look like and I said let's go let's go more let's do more and it was just so fun and it was like the most uh satisfying experience to see like six months later, like the outcome that I thought I was going to get at home. (laughs)
0: Yeah, You're like, Oh, if I just picked up that phone, I could have had it a lot sooner. (laughs) A lot sooner. Yeah.
1: A lot sooner. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, it is, it is the kind of color that will wash out and just based on my routine. And also I was on vacation last week, um, you know, in and out of the salt water. And she also a hundred percent managed my expectations with that. She was like, just so you know, this will not last and you'll have to come back. And I said, that's okay. She's like, but it will fade to like a pretty blonde and you'll be fine. And I said that I can handle. So I'll see you soon. Um, But yeah, I mean, but it was fun. It was obviously incredibly satisfying and like a fun experience to do something, to do something different this time around.
0: Yeah. And do it the right way.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Exactly.
0: Um, I love that. So before we wrap up, Is there anything else you want to throw in there about the experience or any of the questions that I've asked you, something you've maybe forgotten to say or want Mm -hmm. to throw? Yeah. I mean, I think
1: I know a lot of stylists listen to this podcast, so I don't, I think it goes without saying, don't judge your clients that come in that have made (laughs) crazy mistakes. And also if they are clearly lying to you, just let them lie. (laughs) 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 <laughs> they they feel bad about it already. Or at least like, you know, like let the you can like give a little wink, like, I think I see something in here. Um I love and, that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, believe me, they drove all the way over like formulating exactly what they were gonna say when oh you my when, God. They, <laughs> when they knew you were gonna ask. So what's going on here now? Um but And they know that you know. We all know. So, (laughs) all all secret language. (laughs) Um, But I think, yeah, I think just, you know, it's so easy to say, do your research when it comes to at home products, but you'll never know what the outcome is going to be like until you do it yourself. And there's a high risk factor. So, just, you know, take that into consideration. And if you're considering a drastic change, like check in with your stylist first. Um, and they may be able to get you there either gradually or right away, uh, within the time constraints within, you know, your budget that you're, that you're thinking of already, uh, don't immediately assume that that's something that they can't help you with. Um, and I think that in general, middle of the night hair coloring (laughs) should be outlawed. (laughs) You should be criminalized. With <laughs> yeah, that being so be like
0: bad. A robot that comes down to the sky and like chains yes. you to the wall.
1: Yes. Like an alarm is sounded <laughs> and you're handcuffed or something. Yeah. But with that being said, you know, you do you to each their own, yes. but take care of yourself. <laughs> for sure. For sure.
0: Yeah. Um, and I actually, I love that. Like, obviously every story like has a happy ending, but mm. I love that your story has a happy ending because- you tried the hair color yourself. It didn't work. You hated it. You got it fixed. And then all these months later, you ended up getting it done professionally mm-hmm. and loving it. I just, yeah, it just like
1: <laughs> wraps up with a pretty little bow on the end, you know? It really does. Yeah. This is like the <laughs> perfect time to record that podcast. Cause yeah. I feel like even like a couple of weeks ago, like I, I wouldn't be sitting exactly where I am now. Like, no, like with this full experience. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it is a good full circle story. I before. love that.
0: <laughs> um so I end every podcast on the same three questions. Okay. So I need to ask you first and foremost, mm-hmm. how do you take your coffee?
1: Ooh, I am a iced coffee or cold brew depending. Um oat milk with honey. Oh, that's,
0: that's my a go-to. new one. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: All right. you yes. know, I I've,
0: I've somehow I've had a lot of iced coffee drinkers on this podcast mm-hmm. and I'm an iced coffee year-round drinker, so mm-hmm. oh same. Somehow I just find my people. Yes, I absolutely – yeah, any time of year. Who cares? Yeah, like we're the insane ones carrying a cold cup in our hand in, like, zero-degree weather mm-hmm. bundled up with, like, a scarf. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah, me. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, the honey is good for anyone that needs to know. Honey is antibacterial, so it's, like, really good God. if you have any sort of anti-inflammatory. It's good for your skin, good for your is, gut. Is that how yep. you started drinking it? Like, is that why you – I think so, and I just like it. And it's Okay. Like, yeah, because I'm uh, – yeah, so – Right. Advice. You know, I'm gonna have to try that <laughs> thank you <laughs> yeah it's really good
0: um okay so next question is without naming names can you think of your worst salon experience you've ever had
1: mm. that
0: doesn't necessarily have to be like a bad end result it could just be maybe the way you were treated or something crazy that went down while you while you were in a salon anything like that
1: can I tell kind of a cute story as opposed to like a tragic story Or do you want it to be like really bad? No, let's try it. it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, When I was in kindergarten, I grabbed a pair of cuticle scissors and without looking in the mirror, I just grabbed every strand of hair and cut it all off. (laughs) And uh, my mom caught me and she said, what are you doing? And I fully thought that I had never, I had had barely touched it. And I finally looked in the mirror and I noticed that I had cut all my hair off. Um, I will go into the, salon those few days later was absolutely traumatizing because she just fully cut all of my hair off and it was just totally gone so that was probably like the most like actually traumatizing like you're crying in the chair situation <laughs> I don't think I've ever actually cried in <laughs> cried in the chair before um but I'm trying to think of like truly the worst situation um definitely in college just like trying out different knowing a salon that I liked, but not necessarily having a girl that I really loved or really connected with. And when you have a stylist that even though they, we know that they know better than us, but sometimes if they're not listening, you know, they kind of give you the one size fits all treatment, especially if you're, if you're doing anything like remotely trendy that you think that they clearly do multiple times a day and they are telling you, Oh yeah 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 like I got this. Oh yeah, you want just like balayage, money money piece, blonde, whatever. And you're like, "But can I please just can you can you please just act like you're listening to me?" <laughs> like I I'm sure it's gonna turn out fine, and I know you do this a million times, but this is a big deal to me. I'm spending money and energy and time, and this means a lot. So just please consider like listen to me <laughs> while I'm talking. <laughs>
0: yeah. And so Those are obviously things like that have happened clearly more than once. And I feel like that is just, that's the worst feeling because you're thinking in your head and you're never saying it out loud. There's like a Mm -hmm. very rare breed that would actually say that out loud. And
1: that's just a terrible feeling. Mm -hmm. It's it's really hard to not feel heard. Yeah. In any, in any situation, like you think about getting your nails done or even if you're just like getting a blowout or, you know, you're asking someone to, you're getting a dress, tailored or just literally anything where you're dealing with someone who clearly has more expertise but it still matters so much to you and you're you're trying to articulate maybe you don't even have the words to articulate what you want but you just want to know that the person on the other side of that interaction cares and there's always there's always going to be experiences where that isn't the case but Definitely when it comes to hair, it just seems like such an important part of the process. Yeah.
0: I think in in a situation like that, sometimes it's like the person who's responding that way is acting like they know better because they Mm -hmm. do know better, but like- Mm -hmm. As someone who is not the professional sitting in a professional's chair, like it's already known that the professional knows more. So you Mm -hmm. don't have to remind somebody like they Mm -hmm. they already know that you're the one Mm -hmm. who knows all the things.
1: Yes. The relationship has already been established. Yes. So like there's (laughs) no reason to be condescending or just rude or, um, or just brush, brush anybody off. Yeah. is not isn't, isn't a fun experience for anybody. Yeah:
0: And um, I always like to end it on a good note, so Thanks. could you please share your best
1: salon experience? Hmm. I think it has to be my most recent. I think it like was just the uh, accumulation of, I always love going there. I always know I'm gonna come out looking my best, but just the decision to do something different. And to trust that it was going to turn out well, to have, like, zero doubt or or zero worry. Because um, it's so easy, especially when you have a long-lasting relationship with your stylist, to know, like, yep, I can close my eyes. I, I'll take a nap and I know I'll leave here looking great. Yeah. Um, but to then kind of brainstorm with your stylist and just decide to do something different and then to have the outcome be so positive, um, you know, who could hate that? It's the best. Yeah. I love that.
0: Um, <laughs> and I think there's something, when there's a trust built, I feel like the client usually knows, okay, they would not do anything on me that would not look good or would not yeah. turn out good. So mm-hmm. there's that trust. Like if they're saying yes and they're saying they're going to do it, I know it's going to be great.
1: Yeah. And even trust, like the the fact that we did a, one glaze, we t- had a look and it wasn't quite enough. I was like, that is so indicative of just someone who's so good at their job to know that not everybody, like you might say one thing, but you need another. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it just, it made me trust her a million times more. So I'm very grateful for that experience. I love that.
0: Yeah. So thank you so, so much, Kyle, for coming on. This was so special and so great. (laughs) Um, I really can't wait for everybody to kind of peek inside the mind of someone who makes a spontaneous decision. (laughs) Um, Thank you for just being open and honest and sharing your experience. It really means a lot. So thank you. Yeah,
1: my pleasure. That was really fun.
0: Thank you again for listening to the Coffee and Foils podcast. If you loved what you heard and want more, don't forget to rate, subscribe, and, most importantly, share. My mission is to help other stylists improve their guest experiences by hearing the client's perspective, and I need your help to make that happen. As always, follow me for podcast updates at Coffee and Foils Podcast on Instagram and DM me with any questions or ideas you may have. Thank you and see you next Monday.